When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Scott Sashi. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the How About Them Cowboys sports business podcast, The Sportacast. I'm just going to remain silent since I know you know what I think about that open. Go ahead. You you, you review yourself con- being contrived, me. Too contrived, used too much, cliche. Really, really, seriously, <laughs> really. Just, Come on, just that was. Want to try it? I'm, I'm just going to no, no. I'm doing it again. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick, <laughs> and I'm Evan Ovi Williams, and this is the How About Them Cowboys Sports <laughs> Business Podcast. The sport. Do you feel worse or better? You think than Cowboys fans feel? Right now, Scott, after getting blown out by the Green Bay Packers in the first round of the NFL playoffs. Wait, do I feel worse or better? Why would I care? About Why would intro, I feel bad? About my intro. Oh, no, opinion. no, no. I have no personal stake. You know, this is this, this. If you want to bring such shame upon yourself at the open of the show, I don't really feel as, as if it reflects upon me. There's nothing you know, wrong with every, going obvious. Nothing wrong with going obvious. I think there's probably, I mean, come on. We like creativity and headlines and things. I think it's a little problem going obvious. But, all right, if you were fine. Um, Dallas Cowboys. I, this is, by the way, a really good time to remind everybody that winning or losing will not have any effect on the value of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> we're going to go up. By yeah, the way, gonna go I'm gonna, we're going to try something different. You're going to like this. For those who have not heard my favorite, my, uh, favorite David Stern walking down the street story, I think it applies wonderfully right now. Why don't you give a synopsis <laughs> of what this means? The people who you see the videos of people smashing TVs. The, there, there goes my wife up the steps. The, you see the videos of people taking the flags off their house and throwing them and breaking them. Will those people be back next year, Eben Novi Williams, when the Dallas Cowboys are in the playoffs? They will be. You see videos of Skip Bayless throwing all of his shirts yes. in the trash can. Uh, he will be I wearing. Think I saw those that last again. year, by the way. Exactly. Perfect example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I think the the. the, the the classic David Stern story that you tell is about how the people who are angriest about stuff like this are the ones that keep coming back. And I'm sure that's definitely true for the Cowboys. And you're right about their business. The Cowboys business is so incredibly strong. It is ironclad. Uh, it will always be fine. Um, but it feels like it's deja vu here, Scott, that every year the Cowboys put something together in the regular season, at least recently, and then can't put things together in the playoffs and leads to all these questions about Bill, what, what is what is Jerry Jones going to do? Bill Belichick now a, a free agent, which we can get into in a second. Is he interested in Dallas? Um, the, the intrigue spins uh, very quickly as soon as the Dallas Cowboys get eliminated from the playoffs. But um, I'm sure there's folks at the NFL not thrilled either, right? The, the Cowboys are a huge national brand, and if they ever put together a, a playoff run again, um, it's going to be it's, 
everything does huge ratings, which we'll also that, get that to. Will, but we'll speak, be obviously bigger. speaking of foreshadowing yeah. our show, the Cowboys will be the first pay per view Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's uh, this is classic NFL and and also classic uh, classic Cowboys. But can we flip it to the I'll say quasi publicly owned Green Bay Packers? I mean, you can see <laughs> there quasi, is an yeah. approach here, right? It is not the splashy free agents. It is draft well. It is get a quarterback, not when you are when you need one. You know, best time to look for a job is when you have a job. Yeah, that's sort of like how it is with a quarterback. Best time to draft a quarterback is when you have one. It was Aaron sat behind Brett. You you have Love sitting behind Rodgers, and clearly they made the right decision in uh, in jettisoning Aaron when they did. Because look at where we are now with this guy. Seems to be. I mean, but there's an approach here. There has to be an organ an organizational approach to. Off field, on field, and see how well they mesh together. Yeah, I don't want to go too deep into into one game, but sure, yeah, the the, the way Matt LaFleur, the, the coach of the Packers, talked about their locker room and their culture afterwards, it certainly felt like he was throwing a little bit of shade at their previous quarterback and, and, and what that meant. And we saw what the Aaron Rodgers uh, show in, in, in his first year in New York looked like, albeit with injury. Um, but, but yeah, there's a, this is a model and we can get to the Detroit Lions, Scott, cause they are also embodying yep. exactly the stuff that, that, that you're talking about. Not a ton of huge free agent signing names, drafting well, hitting home runs in, in the first and second round, building a program around a, a, a building a, a, a franchise around a coach who really likes to be there and players want to play for. Have, have All those you seen Hutchinson's together. like, have you seen his early speeches to the team? The, the Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah. I haven't, no. Have you? I, the, the, I, there was one that I really, really love. His early tenure, he comes in and the, the players are around him and they're all in pants. And he said, guys, believe me, I think day and night about how can I set you best up for success. And if we could practice without pads all the time, that is what I would do. I realize nobody here needs to be crashing into each other. However, we do need to practice things like tackling. <laughs> Yeah. Like, tackling is important in this game, and this is something we're going to practice. But he's like, we're not going to be in pads all the time. We're not just going to smash each other. And he was a very thoughtful, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. I played, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. And players, I, I, I've spoken to folks like Grant Hill when they've played for coaches, and the ones that just demand players obey, I think would really struggle these days. Players can ask a question. It's, it's a very short, easy question. Why? And I find the folks, the, the, the coaches that explain the why to the players, like they may not get, what are we doing this? Explain the why, better, better long-term. And I think that's, that's probably true management in general. That's why I think it, it's, whether it's a CEO of a company, coach of a team, they explain the why. Troops will follow, explain the why. I think, that, I think that's right. And, and it does, I mean, we, we can transition into the, the crazy 10 days it's been for, for coaching football Period. But both in the professional ranks, every year the Monday after the season ends is they call it Black Monday. It, it, it's bad for coaches. A lot of coaches get laid off. We had the most famous NFL coach, Bill Belichick, uh, separate from the Patriots, was fired by the Patriots uh, in, in the middle there. And then the most famous college football coach, uh, Scott, Nick Saban of Alabama, surprising everybody, stepping down after Alabama lost in, this, in the semifinals this year, uh, two massive coaches uh, leaving the game at the pro and the college ranks. And we saw, especially in college, this, this really interesting domino effect where just because the Alabama job was open, a lot of other coaches got new contracts, other coaches left and, and created vacancies elsewhere. It was a really interesting kind of cascade of dominoes after Nick Saban announced that he was retiring. 
now I'm asking is, is Jimmy Sexton sort of atop the stage, pulling the strings on one and waiting for the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the Geppetto here. How, how is, uh, how is Jimmy Sexton all, <laughs> I mean, when you represent a lot of key figures in the ecosystem, you know how the dominoes are going to fall. You can set one up for success based on the, the actions of the other. Jimmy Sexton, for folks who don't know, CAA agent represents a, a lot of, of very prominent college football and coaches. And has for a very long time. And has time, for a very long say. time. Yeah, he reps Nick Saban. He reps Kalen DeBoer, who Alabama hired from Washington to take Nick Saban's job. He reps Mike Norvell and Steve Sarkeesian, who are the coaches of Florida State and Texas. Two coaches that Alabama seemed interested in who stayed at their colleges and last last week got huge extensions, $10 million a year Leverage extensions. is today's word. We have two words of the day, churn and leverage. We'll get to the churn later. But so leverage just, and churn are yes, very important things. You, you can imagine Jimmy Sexton's last week, his, his most famous, one of his high, highest paid client retires. He fills that job with another client of his who gets a huge raise. He, he negotiates and leverages big raises for at least two or three other of his clients all within a sim- single week, a, a, a great, uh, obviously a great week financially, professionally for him. Um, I, one of the things I was thinking about last week, Scott, is, is the there was a narrative out there that once athletes started getting paid in some capacity, whether it was NIL or whatever's coming down the line in the future, that, that there would be money taken out of the ecosystem and that maybe college coaches were going to be the ones who suffered a market correction. We are seeing the exact opposite in, in, in modern day college football it's even the, more important to have the coach the 10 yeah. million dollar a year coach was a was unheard of two or three years ago essentially and now you have anyone who's coaching at a, at a relatively big program in the power two if you will in the next few years is probably going to be making close to it um and many are already making over it right now uh, there, there is no question that as power and money consolidates in college sports more money is going to go to the athletes for sure. Uh, a lot more money is also going to go to the coaches. I would like to point out that until recently, though, we had a wonderful system where a Kalen DeBoer or whatever would have recruited somebody last year and sold them on a program and sold them on a vision and sold them on, a, on an idea and sold them on themselves. I'm, you know, I will look after you. Oh, bye. <laughs> and yeah, that go. player was Sorry. not able to leave without sitting out a season. Um, so it's a little more equitable uh, in what is obviously now sort of the, this is professional football absent the biggest cost, which is the the players, the labor costs. So very, 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 very interesting time for college sports, both on coaching, both on NIL, both on pay the players, both on how will it shake out, how, which schools will go where, how will they monetize, will they separate, will private equity play a role? Fascinating time in college sports. Yeah, and, and one of the things I think we're, we're going to see now is that the, the, the schools that have secured their future in either the SEC or the Big Ten, so the schools that are in those conferences, plus schools like Washington and Oregon that are going to, mm-hmm. um, I think are going to start spending a lot of money in the next two years, knowing that as the money consolidates, they're going to be getting more and more of it. So Washington is a great example. Not, not a huge spender historically in college football. Kalen DeBoer, who was an up-and-coming coach who just went to, to Alabama, wasn't paid very much at Washington, just took Washington to the national championship game. I think Washington is about to enter a new era of spending, knowing that they're in the Big Ten, there's more money coming in, the competition is harder, that, that suddenly they're, they're going to need to enter a new stratosphere. So, so we're going to start seeing those schools even continue their upward spend as all of the dust settles around them as well. 
I like how you said, well, it didn't really make that much at Washington. I would say comparatively, when you're talking about what you know, Saban would have made at <laughs> High, Alabama. Highest paid you know, public employee he, in the state. Yeah. He, he was not a pauper. Ex- exactly. That's you know, We lose a little focus on uh, and perspective as to where things are. And still my favorite stat of what we learned recently from the Sportico Intercollegiate Financial Database, uh, Michigan football team spent almost double what Washington's did on food. Food. On yeah. feeding players. And you, you and I are like, we're, we're, we're speculating. Maybe it's on like blood mapping. You know, we may, you need more protein. You you need more something else. I mean, there's myriad ways you could you could have these expenses. You just need to make the out match the in when you're talking about college football budgeting. budgeting. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example, Scott. There's a lot of things that Washington, the Pac-12 program, doesn't do or didn't do that Michigan, the Big Ten program, did do. And moving forward, I think they're going to need to. Washington, the Big Ten program, is going to need to do a lot of the things that 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 Michigan, the Big Ten program, does. So so as that transition happens, as they get more money coming in because the Big Ten media check is significantly bigger than the Pac-12 media check ever was. Uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of that stuff ramping up, and it's going to be interesting to see. And, and and the the opposite question also holds, right? For for the schools that like Washington State and Oregon State, the, the, the two castaways leftovers from the Pac-12 who are going to be playing a lot of Mountain West games, it looks like, coming forward. Does, does spend go down? This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. To spend stay, stay flat. Suddenly the, the, the groups they're competing with in their league are, are, are way less financially equipped. But they still value themselves, think of themselves as competing with some of the schools that, that have left them. I think there's some really interesting interesting business happening on the other other end of this tectonic shift as well. Just for fun, speaking of spend, the automakers are out of the Super Bowl uh, game. Would it be fun if the Lions make, make the Super Bowl and doesn't Detroit have to jump in? Like, don't you have to figure out a way to, to make yourself a part of this conversation? Go forward. <laughs> <laughs> so so funny. I mean, yeah, the the lion. I mean, what what a what a story. The lion. One of my best friends, Asher, his father, diehard Lions fan. I feel feel so happy for him right now. But the numbers of how forget long Asher. Been. Who do you th- wait a minute? If I say to you Detroit Lions, you you think of Asher first. Uh, Michael Barr, maybe also. Your friend? Michael Barr. Did yeah. you see the Michael Barr video by any chance? I did not see the Michael Barr video. Tears streaming down his face streaming down his face from our former colleague and friend, Big Bar on uh, on Twitter, Michael Barr, longtime Detroit sufferer. Man, he would he would always bring up uh, bring up the Lions and his other Detroit teams during our show when you know he was a member of our show, and just tears streaming down his face. So congratulations, Michael Barr. But this also serves, and I was thinking about this. I was watching it, like Michael's a smart guy, right? And, and 
I'm going to ask for parenting advice from you, Evan Novi Williams, oh, even boy. though you have absolutely no experience in this. No, and, and I, but it's all about sports business because what are we talking about? How leagues are looking? How do they separate kids from their money? How do they get kids to pay attention, right? Yeah. Am I robbing my child, my focus group of one, of a great experience or am I just teaching him perspective early on when I can tell you now my son will never kick the dog burn his jersey <laughs> whatever what because he understands and I'm sorry you know sorry all the owners that we're friends with I'm sorry you don't care about your fans you're a business like any other I mean, come on, give me a break. I am teaching him at a very young age that this is just a business. They do not care. There's money coming in. Some owners don't care if they win. Fans can more care more than many owners do. You know what? Enjoy it. Root for your team. Have some sort of euphoric <laughs> feeling. Yay, we won the you know insert championship here. But if your team loses, get over it in about eight seconds because it just doesn't matter. So thumbs up on parenting or thumbs down because my son will never really know that emotional bond that Michael Barr feels with his teams. I think thumbs down when your kid is young and maybe thumbs up when he becomes an adult maybe is the, is the easy answer there. <laughs> Sorry, I, you got to do it earlier or else that you can't lose it. I love the Scott Soshnick uh, anti-fan rants. Um, and and but for, for folks yeah. who did not, who never got that lesson, for folks who actually do care about these things like their life and death, um, it's pretty great, I think, that all the stories coming out of Detroit right now. It's been 30 years since they had a home playoff game. They've lost their last nine playoff games. I can't think of the, how long has it been? Many, many decades since they've won a playoff game. Um, for, for a team that I think a lot of people very high on the name recognition list and think of as one of those classic longtime NFL franchises, it's pretty remarkable how bad, how bad they've been. And, and I, I say that thinking about Growing up as a Jaguars fan, thinking about how bad the Jaguars were, the Jaguars, but why, why do way you, better again, recent it, success than under the, the Lions have? But under the guise of their their businesses, how many patrons continue to support bad businesses? A lot, right? In in sports, I know. well, in sports, all, all, the, time. all the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of that is a community thing, right? Like, I, I bet you a lot of these Lions do fans do something else. Would, Go play Frisbee in the park, for God's sakes. It's like there's nothing else going on in the world. Only sports can unite. It's unbelievable the messaging that has been sold to the public. Sports is the only way to bring people together. Basketball without borders. It doesn't matter. It's community. There's a million things you can do that, that... absolutely generate community come on you should start a business as like a tough love counselor for sports addicts (laughs) try try to break that that would be everybody of of loving no that uh, would be everybody x or y team that breaks their heart every uh every january or every october all our owner friends what do you think they're they're listening to this going stop somebody stop him (laughs) don't let the secret out but come on yeah, it's entertainment. No, I, I don't. Th- I it's don't entertainment. Think that, it's I don't a movie think theater. Wrong, but I have I, at least in my heart have the capacity to feel good for Lions fans that I see crying in the uh, in the stadium when right. when, when they oh. finally win that that first playoff game of their lifetimes. Me too. I'm just. I just. I, I see Barr crying, and I'm like, Michael, you hosted a business of sports podcast with us, dude. Come on, like you know. I'm not sure. That, I'm not sure. Management only. Only they're crying only because they might be out of a job, not because the team lost. You know, you, know, you really didn't leave. You know, let a whole city down if you left. I mean, come on. 
What make what makes Sorry, more I, I sense? Getting here. getting enthralled by your team winning or losing, or getting enthralled by the uh, jacket that the pop star is wearing as she watches uh, her boyfriend's team win their playoff game against Miami. Well, we could also stay in Detroit and do that because, again, I'm not big on Hollywood. <laughs> but there was some actor who also has a jacket um, made by the wife of 49ers fullback Kyle Juszczyk. And, of course, uh, Kristen got a lot of attention because, gee, who if I could have my product endorsed by one person in the world right now, who would it be? Yes. Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah, there's no question. So yeah. apparently Kristen Juszczyk, a designer, apparently she had made a jacket in the past for Brittany Mahomes, obviously the wife of the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. And on a lark, it's not like Taylor Swift or her people called and said, hey, we want one of those too. But on a lark, she made one for Taylor Swift and shipped it to Brittany Mahomes and said, hey, you know, just if you get a chance, I'd really appreciate if you could give this to Taylor. And, you know, lo and behold, and good for Kristen check. way to go. Taylor Swift wears this jacket to the game. And now it is going bonkers on social. It, and Kristen check, by the way, made the little video and draw. I mean, really, really, one way to go to, you know, take your shot and send it. Brilliant. Why wouldn't you do that? Two, oh my God, it, it's going to happen. Way to capitalize on the moment and make sure the world knows about it. Three, kudos to Kyle Juszczyk, who's now out there promoting his wife, saying she did this. Look at what she's doing. Forget the football player. Look what she's out there doing. Look at this stuff. Four, I sent a note to our editors, I mean, within minutes, saying, and I hope nobody else does this ahead of uh, but th- it's how long until she has an NFL license and this stuff's in Bergdorf Goodman? I mean, come on. This, this is going to happen. Uh, and all because... One football fan wore a jacket to a game. That is the power of the NFL, the power of the community, the power of the ability to disseminate information, the power of highlights and clips and moments and, um, and Instagram and Snapchat. That's the power of sport right now. And, uh, it's a great sports business examination. It's a great business story, period. I think you hit on all, all the good ones. Yeah. It, it made me think of the one of the first games, maybe the first game that the Chiefs played after Travis and, 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 and Taylor were announced to be dating, uh, Travis wore this outfit into the walk-in, and the company that made the outfit changed the name of the outfit to be a kind of subtext tweet, uh, a, 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 an allusion to a Taylor Swift album. Essentially changed the mm-hmm. name of the outfit to be a Taylor Swift relation, and that, that outfit also sold out immediately. Right? There is a, there's not just, obviously, tremendous impact when a celebrity, someone famous, wears... Uh, one of your pieces, if you're uh, if you're a clothing designer or fashion designer, um, but there's also ways in which you can kind of subtly rig the game to a degree as well. And and you're right, if Taylor Swift appears in a very high profile game with 20 plus million people watching, as we can get to in a second on Peacock, um, yeah, there, there there's there's few things you can do better for your business with one item of clothing than to get Taylor Swift to wear it at an NFL game. It's pretty much the uh, well, the holy grail of, uh, yeah, of exposure. That- and we were really lucky in that somehow somebody got a, a, um, a screenshot of Taylor Swift's uh, podcast page on her phone, and business, you know, the Sportacast was right up there, number I one. I saw that. Yeah, so, yeah, that was also. I mean, big the for flood us. of yeah. signups coming from Taylor now listening to our show has been tremendous as well. So thank you, Taylor, for tuning in. I have another anecdote, by the way, Evan, mm, since you just okay. teased the uh, the Peacock game. Yeah. Now. Again, we're so close to it. We hear the echo chamber, the Twitter. It's, you know, we we see what we follow and all and all that. 
Um, but real life, you know, we had a, a hockey tournament. The focus group of one had a hockey tournament up in Rochester. So after the game, everybody's back at the hotel. A lot of people sitting around the bar. Now, a lot of these dads are sort of, you know, banker folks or one of them. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be specific, but one of them is involved in professional sports in a, in a very serious capacity. And I swear to you, every single one of them asked, the, you know, the people at the hotel, can you put the Chiefs game on TV? I mean, no, none of can't. them realized, none of them realized that it was on Peacock. And this is why we exist. Because we, I mean, we wrote stories, everybody else wrote stories. It's not like it wasn't out there. Not like NBC didn't promote this. It's not like, you know, but still, the, the, just, it didn't sink in. And then to see the reactions in real time of, oh, no, no, because, of course, I was the one who turned around and said, guys, game's on Peacock. It's exclusive. Uh, they had heard, oh, they just forgot. Oh, right, oh, my God, right, right. And then to see the scramble of does anyone have the Peacock subscription and to see the different reactions. One reaches for the credit card and logs on or tells his kid right away, get me Peacock. (laughs) One does that. But they're sitting at one place with a computer. I mean, we were spread out, you know. One is like calling home. Do we have a Peacock? You know, do you calling other kids? Do we have? I love it. And then my favorite, I can't out him because I'll be in trouble. But my favorite, I swear to you, one, one guy associated with the team goes, wait a minute. I think I used to use my my ex-girlfriend's Peacock account. I Wait, I, I know I saved it in my phone. And he looks it up. He's got his computer open. And he hasn't dated this girl for two years. And he still had her Peacock in there. And it worked. And he was laughing. I'm going to have to send her a note of thank you. So, I, I, again, it's just amazing that... It's out there, people know, but to see the different way, and I and I couldn't shut it off. I'm watching this from the perspective of I can't wait to tell Evan about this. This is this is amazing, and then I'll let you take it away from you know our prognostication on the, on the number of people who are actually going to sign up and why. Uh, that's a great story, first of all, Scott. That that is modern fandom, modern tech and fandom, and and parenting and dating all in one. Uh, and you know me, I'm like I don't have <laughs> And by the way, I don't just tell me what the score is. I don't care. I don't need to watch the game. Exactly, exactly. But a lot of a lot of people did. Um, the, the final numbers, I think, we may still be waiting on. But the initial numbers released: twenty three million people average uh, for that Peacock game. Groupie tells us about seven hundred and fifty thousand will be in the local markets on TV. Gotcha. So, okay. So, so the vast bulk of that is um, yeah. so, so twenty plus million, obviously, streaming on Peacock. You, you asked me last week, I feel set up here because I am not a ratings expert at all. You told me over under 10 million and I kind of went back and forth. I gave you an easy one. I gave de- you a softball. De- debating, um, not a ratings podcast. There are other podcasts you can listen to uh, for, for that. Um, but I feel confident saying that this is a great number for the NFL and for Peacock. Oh, I think a- that, absolutely. That, this, that, is a, this is a linear TV number. Knowing that there were going to be millions of conversations like the one that you just described, Scott, on Saturday night where people sitting at bars or in social settings were trying to put the game on, didn't know where it was, scrambling to find their peacock. Um, And knowing that the Thursday night exclusive Amazon games did about 12 million a year. And I get that those are midweek Thursday night games and those are not playoff games. It's it's apples and oranges to a degree. But the fact that you can on, on, on Peacock, a service that doesn't have a ton of subscribers, can for a single NFL game generate... 23 million people on average watching the game um, is, is, is a huge success. And I think for Peacock, the obvious next question is how many people like in your group that maybe brought their credit card out and, and paid for it immediately, how many of them pay for week for month two, right? Who, who, who finds other things, whether they're reality shows or movies or TV shows 
how many people find Yellowstone, whatever it is, and go, oh, okay, I'm going to keep this. Or how many people buy it and forget about it, which is also That's a big the, part of this economy. We always right? talked about the Netflix pricing. Remember, we talk about Netflix pricing. It's so purpose, uh, perfect. If you didn't use it, you just kept it anyway. Because, yeah, well, yeah. it's only $9.99. And Peacock costs more than that, right? So so it's, it's a little bit more, but... Does it? I thought it was like six bucks. I don't even know the, oh, cost. I don't know. But the, I like the initial bucks. sign up maybe, but eventually you're going to be paying more than more than the original Netflix price. But I think yeah, the the, the major question for for Peacock is how much of this, how much of the sticks? What's what's the stickiness? That's of, why of I Peacock said word of the day was churn. Yeah, churn. All right. So yeah, now absolutely. I ask you, I'm going to give you yeah. a chance to redeem yourself, oh Novi Novi. Yeah. <laughs> what percentage of people? And we might not even know this because you know whatever. But what percentage in your mind? What percentage of people signed up for Peacock? Within, I will say, within a week of the game, obviously eyeing the game, that's why they did it. Um, what percentage of those people are still Peacock subscribers in three months? That's such a great question, and I don't even begin to know what the... So, so let's assume, I don't know what Peacock subscriber numbers were, but let's assume that something between like 5 and 10 million maybe signed up just for, for the game. So you're talking about that many people... I don't know, fifty percent. That'd be my like rough. You want to go higher, higher, yeah. You want to go higher, yeah. Three months later, I say more. I say half. Yeah, I say. I say. I would go if you gave me higher or lower. I say more than half still have it. And I don't know exactly. Understanding, by the way, there's more NFL. You know what? Yeah, but you know what? This portends that there will be more now. Now, now you'll have two weeks. You know, exclusive playoff games, and you know how far are we going to go? Yeah, but there'll just be more. Oh, without without question, the 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 success of Amazon this year on Thursday nights and the success of Peacock uh, for this Saturday night playoff game, um, I think tells the NFL and tells its owners that they can do more of this. And and the the economics for folks who don't know, the economics is that you get paid more for the streaming exclusivity stuff, right? This was one hundred and ten million dollars for million one dollars for one game from Peacock for this for this playoff game. So if the NFL feels like it can do these without sacrificing too much reach, and obviously the economics are better for the NFL, without question, you're going to end up seeing more of this. I think the other, the, the, the bigger and more interesting question maybe, Scott, is if you're Adam Silver, if you're Gary Bettman, um, your product is not as popular, obviously, as the NFL, but do you look at this, this Peacock game and think, hmm, maybe I can put a, a really big, important basketball or hockey playoff game oh on, if, I, on not, if no? i'm adam i if i'm adam you know who hosts the tech summit every year i'm i'm emboldened by this because not only was my predecessor nicknamed digital dave but i'm emboldened <laughs> the fact that if you look at the demographic of my fans like mls it's younger more tech savvy than the nfl yeah so i think an, an nba fan is far more likely to already have peacock have the streaming services I'm the only duddy that still has the cable bundle, and by the way, I think still smartly. So recognize what would happen in an a la carte world. Um, I see great value, and I'm happy with it. I'm sticking with it. But I think Adam would absolutely be emboldened, and we've already seen what MLS chose to do. Yeah. Everything's on Apple. Yeah. So you know, and we have we have a great slide about you know the comparisons of the the leagues and their fans, and you know it just shows that the that the other leagues are uh, younger and more tech savvy than the NFL um, and golf. But um, so, yeah, I, I'm totally emboldened if, I, if I'm Adam Silver. You ju- but it's a fine line. You know, you, you really don't want to tick too many people off. It, it, it ain't going to be the NBA Finals. Not yet. You know, we'll, maybe we'll get there, but it ain't going to be that now. And by the way, we should mention, 
we're right there. There's, you know, the, the NBA is readying That's discussions why I'm asking, yeah. on new media is, deals. Yeah, I, want, yeah. I wonder how much the, the, these numbers are going to factor into those discussions in this upcoming week even, right, as, as those ongoing NBA talks go on with companies like Turner and ESPN, but also uh, some streaming services. Well, uh, at least you know who has a lot of say? You know who has a lot of say in those NBA talks? Hmm. Now, think, think transitions, think segues, think you know I'm ahead. Who has a lot of talks? Who has a lot of say and sway in those discussions in the NBA? I don't know where we're going here. Do, 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 do. What haven't we talked about? Do, do, oh, is it Ted Leonsis? Ted Leonsis has it. a lot yeah. of say in what goes on there. So if I bring up Ted Leonsis out of the blue, where <laughs> would you go on this show? Some news that we broke last week, Scott. Lorene <laughs> Powell Jobs, uh, billionaire, uh, philanthropist, uh, widow of, of, of Steve Jobs, uh, she is the largest shareholder in Monumental, which is the parent of the Wizards and the Capitals outside of Ted Leonsis himself. Uh, she is looking to sell uh, around half of her stake, at least right now, in Monumental. Scott, this comes on the heels. Last year, Monumental became the first major U.S. sports uh, franchise team to take on uh, sovereign wealth money from, from the Qataris. Uh, Ted uh, very publicly announced plans for a new arena in Northern Virginia a few months ago. There's a lot of changes going on in the in the monumental world. Ted Ted's going to have himself a baseball team soon. Ted could very well buy the buy the Nationals at some point in the next uh, few months or few years. A lot of interesting things happening, but the, their their second largest shareholder unloading at least half of her stake is, is definitely newsworthy. She is one of the few uh, significant female LPs in, in, in sports that, that bought by herself, not part of a family of some of some capacity. Um, and un- unclear to me, I think it's unclear to you, if she's looking to, to collect money for another acquisition, there's something else she's looking at, just doesn't want it anymore, feels like the market is perfectly primed, there could be some capital calls, who knows, pun not intended, uh, for this arena. Uh, th- there's a lot of possibilities there, um, but uh, noteworthy that a that, that, that a 10% chunk of an organization that's worth four-plus billion dollars for sure uh, is out there in the market. I'm going to ask you a question without asking you a question. I'm going to say right here, I don't want you to give me an answer because I know you don't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> but the, there are certain ownership groups that are sort of global platform companies. There just are. And, you know, Loreen chose to uh, invest. And I think I think a lot of it has to do in the philanthropy in the D.C. and the nation's capital. Yeah. Right? Which is Which is why I'm surprised... Sources tell me, Eben Novi Williams, mm. that uh, you know Mike Bloomberg was courted to invest in the Commanders, you know, okay. as part of the Josh bid, and just said no. But knowing how Mike feels about philanthropy and the nation's capital, I thought that would have made sense for that could have been sold to him in a way. If this makes sense for you, Mike, even though you're not a sports fan, but if you were going to align yourself with one of these groups, and we're talking Fenway, Cronky, uh, Monumental. Uh, any any particular way you'd go and you have a reason for it? I'm just curious. Uh, there's no question. And that, I said, that, you know, that, I don't yeah. want you to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that you're right. If if what I am interested in in any way touches on the the political power in America, DC makes a ton of sense, right? And that's both yeah. monumental and and in some ways the the Josh Harris David Blitzer empire as well because of mm-hmm. b- because of the commanders. Um, I, I don't think, as we discussed last year, I don't think it's a coincidence that the first sovereign wealth deal happened in the nation's capital, right? That there is there is a proximity to political power. There is the people that just come through those turnstiles in the suites in a given year is a, is a notable group of powerful people. So if that was my also idea, yeah. shows off, yeah, also shows off the power of sport. However, in that 
the Qataris own large swaths of land in downtown DC. Hundred percent near the arena. right next to the arena. Nobody yeah. says boo. No, yeah, nobody says boo. But oh my God! Wait a minute! They're buying a sports team. And whoa, whoa, whoa! What is happening here? Can the, what is going on? We can't have this. It's reminded me years ago when sort of like Japanese developers were buying real estate properties in New York. It was like, wait a minute! What is happening? We can't have this. Like, uh, okay, already here, guys. Like as you as you have so smartly mentioned millions of times, folks, the sovereign wealth funds are already invested in other funds. 100%. You know, it's not a direct purchase in, but they are already have ownership stakes in professional sports teams. Yeah. So yeah, if, if it was, if that, that, that would be my answer, if, if I cared about that, um, if I cared about winning Stan Kroenke's teams have done pretty darn well over the past, uh, over the past three, four years. Um, but yeah, this is, and we're going to see more of this, Scott, right? Every sports team that goes for sale now, it seems like the, the, the most interested bidders are people that already own other sports teams. So the, the mega owner trend is only going to continue as, as the years go on. Here, here. All right. Uh, on this MLK Day, I will allow you to close the show cleanly. No, no hiccups. <laughs> no, no, uh, no stumbles. Let's let let's see. There's no. There's never. Trying to there's never an, any hiccups here. Uh, he is Scott Sashnik. You no, can you find know, no, him. No, Evan. You know what? Twitter. I've you know I've had headaches. Re- I've told you I've had some headaches recently. Okay. I've got this Therabody thing that oh I put my on. My God, look at this, this thing. I don't do product placement often. No, this thing. Oh my God. It, it, it has heat and massage. It is so good. Again, they pay me nothing. There's not a sponsor of the no show. Free ads, no free ads, Scott. No free ads. If you get these tension headaches, I am endorsing the Therabody. I don't even know what it's called. I got it as a gift. Unbelievably good. I, I wish it. the people who are listening to this uh, audio only could see uh, Scott wearing the... Well, you'll uh, put the clip on. You'll put the clip on Twitter. <laughs> wearing those goggles. Uh, and yes, you can find him on his Twitter at, at Soshnik. I'm Evan Novi Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Thank you very much to Aaron. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.